We got Dr. Braxton Hunter, pretty talented and well-known apologist, shared the stage with the William Lane Craigs to the Mike Laconas to all those guys. Jonathan Pritchett, Dr. Pritchett is here and he is a New Testament guy and does a lot of stuff, a lot of podcasts, a lot of debates, so on and so forth. So is the guy on the left Jerry Lewis and uh, Braxton's trying to be Dean Martin here? <laughs> the straight guy and the funny guy? They gave us nothing but tradition and no argument. All they did was get on this stage, yell real loud, and set a straw man on fire. Okay, now, this, it, I, I, I was not impressed. The hell, Jonathan Pritchett. This Jonathan Pritchett. Gresham Jonathan Pritchett. Jonathan Pritchett. And Respectfully, that sounds like a little bit of a dodge. I'm claiming victory. It's where I come from, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Welcome to Trinity Radio. I'm Braxton Hunter, and along with me is... Jonathan Pritchett. And today we're going to be describing the cumulative case that we've been building all this year. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how that means that Christianity is the most reasonable uh, or most defensible worldview. So stick with us. This is the first word. Chicken and consuming. It's been in the news recently that Chick-fil-A restructured its uh, giving, its charitable giving to various uh, organizations, and some Christians are saying that they have capitulated to the anti-whatever, um, uh, and they're... I don't even know. To be honest, uh, this stuff doesn't really matter to me. Um, and people have tried and tried all week long to make me care about what a private corporation, even though their, their motto is to glorify God, what they do with their own money. I don't know if they've capitulated to um, the pro-LGBT uh, community and if they've thrown others to the side and, and capitulated to, to whatever lobby and they've also given credence to the fact that those organizations they cast it aside or now anti-LGBT, whatever. I don't know. Uh, I don't much care. Uh, and people have tried and they still have not made me be able to care. I've never put much stock into the Christianity of corporations. Corporations, I don't think, are actual persons. Now, I don't know what the actual persons who work for the corporation of Chick-fil-A uh, do or don't do with their money, and I don't much care about that either, even though people insist that I should think about that all day long, but I won't. What I do know is that the person who opened a Chick-fil-A in my city probably lives in my city. He may even go to church in my city, so I'm certainly going to continue to eat uh, and support him and the people, the residents of my city that work at that place, um, but I no more go to Chick-fil-A than I do anywhere else. But here's what I do know. If you are up in arms about Chick-fil-A, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly valid. And I can understand where you're coming from, even though I don't even though I don't think that I'm gonna care as much about it as you do. But if you are upset with Chick-fil-A, here is my recommendation. Go eat somewhere at a locally owned restaurant that's owned by someone in your community that may or may not attend your church or may not attend church at all, go to their restaurant and invite them to church and invite their wait staff and their cooks and their bus boys and bus ladies, if, if that's the case. Invite them to church. If you don't want to eat at Chick-fil-A anymore, great. Go frequent local businesses in your town. That is uh, perfectly uh, well and good uh, and perhaps even morally commendable uh, action to do with your dollars. So... 
try that. If you don't want to go to Chick-fil-A anymore, find a restaurant that's not owned by some corporate conglomerate that's going to do who knows what with their money that you may or may not like. Go make a friend with someone who owns a local business or a local restaurant in your town. Eat with them and invite them to your church if they don't have a church home already. And now, today's topic. And we're back, and I've got a great new t-shirt on. Let's see it, Pritchett. Look at the trees! Look at the trees, man. (laughs) With me. Evidence for design everywhere. This is... With me on it. Yeah, this has has Braxton Hunter. No other seminary president has a shirt this cool. So that's right. That's so right. So I've got a. And by the way, just so you know, this was my idea of this shirt. It was well for those who you don't know. You made like thirty shirts, and then I said, "No, I'll buy one if you make this one." Atheists so. all the time are saying that we basically don't. Uh, that look at the trees is not a credible response, or they they denigrate any design argument as look at the trees, and it's like. No, actually, looking at the trees as an evidence of design is a great place to start. So, yeah, yeah. Look, at the trees. look at the trees. I'll be your meme. I don't care. Yeah, uh, yeah so basically what we want to do today is for the past uh, several weeks, really for the whole year, uh, but for the past several weeks specifically, we've been building. We've been layering things on. And uh, I, I am what you would refer to as a classical apologist. And what that means is I like to show first that God exists and then show that Jesus rose from the dead and defend each piece of, of that case to the hilt. You know, I think those arguments are really strong. However, and I don't know how you'd classify yourself. Maybe I, I've, I like the term toolkit apologist. Okay. I, I'll whip out all the... Yeah, you probably fit more into the t- kind that we're going to talk about today. Probably case if that, you know... If can you include know, classical arguments. Yeah. yeah, so basically what we're talking about are different methodologies within apologetics. We have a video on what is called cumulative case apologetics from last year. You can go check that out. But um, but we want to, re- you know, go over some of that ground again today. But what we want to say about it is, basically, this is an approach where you, you use what's called abductive reasoning. And what abductive reasoning is, do you want to explain or do you want me to? Go ahead. Abductive reasoning is where instead of using like a deductive argument that you consider to be a slam dunk for something, um, in something like, you know, say uh, the Kalam or the ontological argument or something like that, instead what you're doing is you're, you're throwing out a bunch of pieces of data that cumulatively... Uh, make you know seem to indicate a particular position. It's it's uh, often thought of abductive reasoning is often thought of as inference to the best explanation. So what's the best explanation for this data? So uh, an example that uh, I didn't come up with, I don't know where I got it, but it's a good one. Is if I went home today, <coughs> and in my yard there was a. Uh, football. Um, And I'm trying to figure out how did this football get here? I've got several options on the table. One option would be, um, well, my wife bought a new football for the girls. Uh, But another option would be maybe uh, the neighbor kids threw it and it landed in my yard. Another option would be that aliens beamed it down here. Now, I don't have a slam dunk, like deductive argument for any of that. I don't really know for sure. I don't have what we would call proof but one of those is obviously more reasonable than the other two. And I could shoot it down doing inference to the best explanation and say, well, um, I don't think that my wife would have bought a new football. It's possible. It's not impossible. But my girls aren't into sports. Yeah, they wouldn't even know to call it. They'd call it sports ball. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, well, my daughter's into sports a little bit. She's into the gymnastics. The neighbor, though, plays football every day. Yeah, the neighbor plays. And on t- another strike against yeah. she bought a new football is it, it's got scuff marks all over it. It looks like yeah. it's been used a lot. And, yeah, the neighbor... Neighbor kids, they play with the football all the time. And right. I think I saw one like this before in their yard. 
Um, and the alien thing, I mean, that that could also technically be true, but it's really ad hoc. I don't know for sure that alien life forms exist. Um, I don't know why they would want to beam a football down into my yard. Uh, there's just there's Believe a lot. you puzzled? I mean, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, this is all possible. That's the point. That's better is, than what aliens used to do to people, from what I understand. So that's right. <laughs> I'd rather have the football than a probe, right? But here's the thing: uh, each of these, if someone wanted to tackle each of these positions and serve as a defender for each of these positions on why the football ended up there, they would have answers they could give. You've yeah. just provided a couple of answers, even for the most outlandish explanations. So it's not that these other positions don't have answers. I mean, don't let me get my bro down T-shirt on, and we can go down this road. Yeah, that's right. Uh, our sister show, The Bible Brodown, which uh, loves to talk about aliens and flat earth and stuff like that. That's actually not fair. But anyway, um, you could give... To, I e- was on their show talking about e- Each of these the positions way. has answers that they can give. And so that's the point. point is that it's not that they don't have answers. And often we see these videos like, well, an atheist can't answer this or Christians can't answer this question. No, they can. They, they, they can give some kind of an answer. The question is, which of these positions is the most reasonable one to yeah. hold. And that's where you do abductive reasoning, yeah. inference to the best explanation. Yeah, they, they can all... And I'm glad that you explained that instead of me because my explanation would have been boring and <laughs> tedious. Yeah. But it, it reminds me, you're right, that everyone can have answers, right? Mm-hmm. So it's what our pastor has been going through each week. You know, mm-hmm. you've got claims, you've got reasons, you've got implications, and you've got actions. And all of those things play into... The way how you answer the big questions, yeah, and of course, cumulative case apologetics. Uh, one of the the ways you start using it in your evangelism or in your conversations or whatever is to ask and find out how people answer the big questions in life. That's right. Uh, a master at this would be uh, Don J. Johnson. Yeah, that's right. In his book, and he's got a book uh, how to talk to a skeptic that I endorse in the front cover. Uh, but so. So what, over this, so what are the, some of the evidences that you might throw in here? Well, um, one of those, and, and you want to pick things that generally we agree is a phenomenon that is at least reported or that we intuitively recognize. So, for example, a good example would be something like morality or free will. Now you're thinking, oh, you, well, you're wanting to argue about objective morality. No, no, it's not. It's not exactly what we're doing here. We're not putting out these robust yeah, arguments. We've already won that argument elsewhere. Now that <laughs> atheists are saying, yeah, we, us too, we have a objective morality. We, yeah. we, we have no explanation that is actually worth a flip, but we believe it. You know. Well said. Great, sophisticated. But but, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, uh, but but yeah, we don't have to make. See, that's the thing. I've noticed this in YouTube comments, and I notice this they're griping at you because mm-hmm. you do this more often than me because mm-hmm. I have to work at the same. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but the the you'll say something, and it may not even be related to the main topic. It may be something that's kind of a tangent or something, and it's like. You're just asserting something. You're just making a. You're not. You're. You're not making a. You're begging the question. You're arguing just because you said something. Right. You know. No. I don't have to prove objective morality every time I bring it up. That hey, guess what? Morality is objective. Get over it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's actually fine. To, yeah. To yeah. I mean, that. not everything is a philosophical argument. It's like Cameron Bertuzzi tweeted yesterday something like, "I don't." This isn't what it was, but it was something like you know, God is beautiful or something. And someone said, "This is a false. This is an unfalsifiable claim." And it's like. Dude, we're not always, like, you're fixated on the arguments all the time. Sometimes we're just, like, living the Christian life 
and talking about yeah. stuff that yeah, you know. Jesus is awesome. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> An unfalsifiable claim. That's right. Yeah, he, he can't did, prove he it. He didn't denounce <laughs> global warming. He's, he's but saints. but yeah. So but anyway, the the and with the pastor thing, you're talking about how a pastor says claims yeah. reasons. I've had several atheists say, well, evidence should be on that list. Well, that would go under reasons, right. and that's really what we're going to talk about here is because we are talking about evidences. So back See, to I me. just wanted Brett to know that I pay attention. That's why I was yeah. able to say. All I don't know if he pays attention to this show. So yeah, <laughs> but uh, take, of course he does. Take morality well, or free will morality well we'll find out he'll tell me if you but morality and free will uh everyone rec- the reason the debate occurs and the reason that like you said atheists are trying to either hold on to some kind of objective morality or you know give some explanation for subjective and why it matters yeah. is because we all do intuitively recognize that there's something going on here there is something real uh same with free will the atheists have to say um, yeah, I mean, we don't have lib- like real libertarian freedom, but we we kind of call it and we hold people responsible and all that. Understand it what you're saying. It seems like we have. Right, it, it. really so just, seems like it. And, and you have determinists saying, and it's better for us to believe the delusion. That's right. That's right. That's right. We <laughs> need many, people to believe. The studies, you know, studies yeah. have shown that, you know, if you, if you tell people determinism is true, they like steal. And, and then occasionally we have a video, like uh, I did a video a while back to Cosmic Skeptic and Rationality Rules where they're having a discussion and they were actually saying, no, 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 we need to teach this in the schools. We need everyone to hear the good news of determinism. Yeah. But the thing about it is, so they can cheat and lie. And well, I mean, in the in the thing that he cosmic skeptic acts rationality rules. He says you're admitting that like if a man like does some horrible crime, I won't. Ex- I don't want to lose my monetization on this one, but on something like this, but but uh, that he he couldn't help it, right? See, you're like Chick Fil A. You just care about that's the money. Right, that's right. <laughs> well, hey, I've talked about some really straightforward things, but I don't want to lose it on some dumb conversation that right. between two people. Right. But the, but if someone commits like the most horrendous crime you can imagine. Yeah. They really couldn't help it. I mean, this was just... But we hold them responsible, but we have to understand they're not blameworthy. And yeah, they're like, yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Okay, what we're saying is, what makes better sense? So what you do with this abductive reasoning when it comes to worldview stuff is you want to evaluate worldviews. You want to say, okay, let's not talk about each piece of my worldview or each piece of your atheistic positions, whatever they are. I understand that you want to say atheism is not a worldview. You've got a video on that too. Um, but... Let's take your atheistic position over here and my Christian theistic position here. Let's look at these data points and which one makes better sense of these? Which is right. more likely to be two? Which is more like the football was thrown in by the neighbor kids? You know, yeah. which is the most likely? And so with free will and morality, uh, specifically, which it's not all about those. You can throw in anything you want. Like often the lists are something like the rapid expansion of the early church, the survival of the church in modern times, the fact that the New Testament is still, right. you know, a valid but, well, con- well, debated wait a minute, Braxton. near-death I mean, experiences. Why are you punting on aliens when there's? it's far more likely that aliens provide an explanation for, uh, you know, things than even uh, a god? So... Why would you say that the neighbor threw a football into the yard? That's what we're saying. That's more likely than an alien. The atheist would say it's more likely even that aliens raised Jesus from the dead than a God existed. Yeah, so go to a supernatural claim where it's more specific. Supernatural versus paranormal, uh, like alien stuff. That's not paranormal. Aliens would be natural, too. You're thinking ghosts. Yeah. Ghosts. Now, and again. X-Files. It's an X-Files thing. Right. They're all X-Files things. There you go. (laughs) Right. Okay. So, 
so put the aliens versus the resurrection. Yeah. Uh, they'd say, well, at least the aliens are naturalistic. And even the kids throwing the football into my yard, you could say, well, yeah, that that was probably your the kids next door throwing the football. But you got to understand that there are some people out there who would say the whole reason there's life on Earth is this panspermia where aliens seeded Earth. Ah. So seeded life on Earth so that these, uh, you know, stardust kids can throw the football into your yard, right? But here's the thing. <laughs> Stardust kids, there's a band name for you. Yeah. Uh, but the, the bottom line is, yeah, you want to weigh those out. What's the more likely explanation? And a lot of things typically go into that. But That's you, why it's a cumulative case, by yeah. the way. Yeah, so because the, the when way... You weigh to, all of the different things that you... All the different factors that you can throw into these different buckets. Mm-hmm. The, the point is, in cumulative cases, that Christianity still comes out on top. And once you get certain things for, like, the classical apologist perspective is once you get God, resurrection... You know, I mean, if God created the entire cosmos, raising a, a dead man up... That's right. No big deal. Yeah. So that's... That, and, and these are all things that would go in because the cumulative case... So if you think about the arguments you typically hear from apologists as these big, like the Kalam or contingency arguments or whatever, as these big slam dunk clinching is the word I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, the, the, yeah that's, that's right. Uh, the, okay, those are like standalones. But this is more like the way it's typically thought of as like a mosaic, where each individual tile in a mosaic doesn't give you the whole picture. But if you put them all together, you get a beautiful picture of like Jesus or something, yes. or a tapestry where each thread is a piece of it or something like that. And some other things that might go in there is what about near-death experience reports? What about, um, uh, so we've thought free will, morality, near-death stuff. Um, what else could go well, in there? Could still, you could put the you could throw in the, uh, the, the beginning of the universe, the, design. The, the, yeah, the appearance of design, at least. I mean, everyone acknowledges the appearance of design right. right to just well not everybody but yeah they should and a lot of atheists do yeah yeah i mean a lot sane ones do cause, right because they say even though it their argument is even though it appears that way it's not that way right the ones who just say well it doesn't even appear that way or, yeah. or they uh, it's poor some i mean at best the fact that you think design, something yeah. can appear some way means it seems like it's designed yeah. it's like uh, steve Gregg uh says if someone won't at least admit that it appear, it seems designed, then I don't want to talk to them because I just right. don't think they're being honest. <laughs> right. They're just spewing, uh, you know, rhetoric. Yeah. You know, not me saying that you're not being honest, but whatever. No, I, well, I, I, me and Steve Gregg will. I know, but I've been a little too rough lately. So, yeah. uh, but anyway. Uh, well, or, or cognitive dissonance or, yeah. or, or just intentional self-deceit. Right. You know. Yeah, which, uh, frankly, on the last episode, or one of the most recent episodes, Francis Collins says that uh, he was kind of self-deceiving. He was, it was like, he was like I, I, maybe it was a willful ignorance about these things. Billions so, of years made this. Right, was, right. I, yeah. Somebody designed it. Mm-hmm. Come on. That's right. Logo. Braxton Hunter shouldn't, certainly couldn't design a logo that fancy. That's right. That's right. happened that way. Mine's just a big yellow circle. But... Um, yeah. All right, so where where are we at with this? So you want you put them all together, and so like with design, like this is so flexible because for the Christians in the audience, uh, one of the great things is you can you could come out of a, a college lecture on the migratory patterns of butterflies. You don't have to put together some teleological design argument. You could just say, "Isn't that interesting? What best explains the fact that these butterflies seem to know generationally where to go and what to do and all well, that kind of the thing?" The migrating patterns of sea- turtles, or what was that? Um, yeah. Yeah, we had a, a student do a dissertation right. related to if we took the flood story to be literal, 
Yeah. How would you get the tortoises or whatever to like North America by the time we know they were here and all that whole thing? Really interesting stuff. Yeah, but, you hate turtles, right? No, nah, they're disgusting creatures. Right. Yeah, disgust, just disgusting. But uh, what am I? What am I? In fact, the guy said, "I'm going to buy you a tortoise," and I said, "You do. I'm going to let it loose in downtown Evansville, and we'll see how far it gets. We'll test your theory." And it'll the probably world. live longer than in your house where yeah. you never feed it. Okay, so but so you got these cumulative case data points, and so what we've been doing all season has basically been adding tile pieces. And so each of these evidences that we've been talking about, whether it's the rapid expansion of the early church, miracles, um, individual minor things like the design patterns of butterflies or uh, whatever you want to talk about, near-death experiences, the resurrection, all of those things are individual tiles. And so what we want to do then is to say, okay, my worldview, now this isn't a thing where like, you, this isn't a thing like where you would take Christianity versus everything else all at once. What you do is you take two worldviews and do worldview analysis. And you say, okay, you're atheism, I'm Christianity, and we mentioned this a little bit before, but like we're going to say which of these two worldviews handles all of these data points better. And I'll show you a practical way of doing that in just a few moments. But that's kind of what we're doing. So um, so to give you an example of how this might look, when I'm doing evangelism with someone face-to-face interpersonally, now if I'm on a debate stage, I'm going to use more of a classical approach. I'm going to use the big theistic arguments, design arguments, and all that. But if I'm, if I'm doing interpersonal evangelism with someone, what I'm, I might say is, Okay, share with me what you understand, uh, how you answer the major questions of life. And you alluded to this just a moment ago, like, how did we get here? Like, humanity, how do we get here? What's uh, the meaning of life if there is one? And what happens when we die? And how someone answers those questions is going to give you a good indication of what they believe, uh, what their worldview is. Because as we know now, if someone says, I'm an atheist, that could mean one of two or three things, Right. Well, it could mean any number of things these days. No, yeah, it could mean I I I'm, I have a Buddhist type spirituality, but no personal God. I'm a Wiccan, don't believe in God or gods, but I do believe that Mother Earth and spirituality and whatever else. Some atheists uh, do believe in God, by the way. If you were to go with the Gallup information, yeah, uh, and they believe in heaven and all sorts of things. So, so it could be, or even just with the more what we're more used to dealing yeah, and with. And I do want to say this. I do want to say about the atheists who believe in God. Once you redefine atheist to be lack theism, other people have been defined atheism as believing in God. So that's right. It's fair as fair. It's a slippery you know? slope there, isn't yeah, there? That's right. But, the, but the, even with the lack theism thing, like even just with that, we have, okay, some people mean, mean more the academic types mean by atheism uh, the position that God does not exist, whereas most of the internet atheist apologist crowd, mm-hmm. the atheist apologists, they'll say, well, it's, it's I just lack a belief. I don't believe in God, but I'm not saying there's not a God, yeah. right? I'm saying maybe. Well, that's the thing. Well, some of them are like that. Other ones think they're, they're, that that's their way of not making any claims until they make the claim there is not sufficient I evidence. I think that's what's me. happening. Yeah, but the claim there's not sufficient evidence or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, that's actually, or there's not a sufficient mechanism if you're, if you're uh, Mike, uh, Matt Dillahunty. Uh, but those mm-hmm. are claims, but the problem with those claims is you want to talk about non-falsifiable claims, those are purely autobiographical claims. Mm-hmm. They're not actually... They're not speaking to the nature of reality. They're just talking about you. Right. So, And they're happy to admit, a lot of them are happy to admit that. But, uh, but the point is, when we're talking about, when we ask the question, uh, what, how do you think we got here? What's the meaning of life for the Israel and what happens when we die? I now know what, you, what your position basically is. If, if you say that I was once a spirit baby that God put you... Okay, well, you're probably a Mormon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if if you say um, if you say you know uh, 
about what happens when we die, um, well, you know, I, I am going to be absorbed back into the earth and become part of the life force. Okay, you're some kind of new age or Eastern type thing. Yeah. Uh, if you say I'm going to experience the next phase of samsara, okay, you, you might be a Hindu or a Buddhist or something. So you can, you can pick and sh- you can figure out where a person stands by how they answer these questions and just forget the labels altogether because it's popular for everyone to say, well, I, you can't put labels on me. I hate labels. Listen, there's all kinds of labels on me and whoever you are, there's all kinds of labels on you. Right. But the fact is, if you want to go with that, fine, then just tell me how you answer these questions. The great thing about it for a Christian is a lot of skeptics and people of other world religions have been waiting for some Christian to shut up and let them talk. And you're going to do that. You're going to you're going to let them talk and tell me how you answer these questions. And don't attack. Don't like jump in and like try to wrestle with them on this. Just let them answer. And then the next phase is you ask them, okay, that's great. That's very interesting. And, and if you don't think it's interesting, guess what? It is interesting. So well, I don't find it interesting. Well, it's interesting to some guy in Indiana named Braxton Hunter. So even if you don't think it's interesting, it's interesting. Then the next thing you can say is, hey, tell me how you, what you understand the, the Christian message in, you know, in about a paragraph. You don't have to go on and on, but, but what do you understand the Christian message to be? Well, you know, sometimes they'll get it right, but usually they'll get it wrong. And so you just explain to them the, the correct Christian message. And uh, if the conversation continues from there, here's where this cumulative case stuff comes in. But you don't go first. You, you let them go first, and you invite them to provide you a cumulative case. And here's the thing. Most skeptics are not used to thinking this way. Now, I'm not saying that is a nice little trick for Christians to, to you know, throw atheists off their game. Um, I'm, at, I'm, I'm saying this to you skeptics out there. To, you should think this way, too. Which is, if I'm a Christian, I'm asking you, okay, well, what facts about the nature of reality that we both agree are true? What, what both? Because like with free will and morality, we both agree that it seems that way, right? And so the Christian works from there. I'm asking you, what pieces of data about the way the world is that you and I both agree about make more sense on your worldview than they do on our worldview? Now, I want you to think about that for a few minutes. Um, because that's, that's, and unfortunately, because we're in the, if we were in a classroom or something together, I'd just ask you to tell me, but because we're in a podcast video, I, I have to kind of give it you away. pause for a few moments? No, let's pause. Why don't you pause the video for a second and think this through? What facts that you and I agree about, uh, make more sense on your worldview and Christianity has a hard time accounting for those, for those facts. Um, when you get done thinking and come back, I'm going to now tell you what most people will say they are. One of those things is that, I, that you'll often hear is, well, science. Science. Science works. And if science works, then that makes more sense on naturalism than it does on Christianity. Is that true, Dr. Pritchett? No. It actually makes a lot more sense for comprehensibility to actually be a thing on a Christian worldview than on a naturalistic worldview. Yeah, the Christians would expect that we live in a rational cosmos. Yeah, and at I hate the to get very all free least, supp- uh, supper on people, but yeah, you're borrowing from my capital, you yeah. know, to make science go because you're presupposing reason and logic and comprehensibility and intelligibility and all those things, which I mean, uh, stardust in a blender doesn't produce that kind of thing. And at the very least, what you would get is that's not a point for your team or a point for my team. That's just a point. No, what but I I'm, just said but, the point no, for no, my no, no, team. No, I know, no, no. If you'll just hold your horses, I was going to say that's at the very least what you could get away with. But what Pritchett and I would say is it's actually a point for our team yeah. because it's just like we were talking about on recent videos with the um, unreasonable applicability of mathematics. It's just we live in a, a, a universe that that is understandable. Yeah. And why should that be? And is and and you're for one thing, this is a completely different point, although it could go into an accumulative case, is your consciousness, right? Consciousness yeah. is weird. Why do we have this consciousness? 
What makes better sense of that? But we're not there yet. We're letting the atheist give us something. So usually what you'll get is because science. And then another thing that you'll get besides because science, which isn't a point for you, and it certainly isn't a point for you alone, is you'll get something like the problem of evil. Now, that's a much more serious and sober-minded consideration, is uh, it, what makes... We both agree that great suffering happens in this yeah. world. Uh, that makes more sense on uh, atheism than it does on Christianity, some might say. Now, we obviously don't think so, but if, if we're, I mean, that'd be a place where we could have a conversation. And then you would get in, you would go into a back and forth there with them and talk with them about that. And Christians, of course, have incredible answers to that. That isn't any kind of a serious problem for Christianity, but it is a problem. Yeah. The problem of evil is a problem. And I understand. More of an emotional problem than an intellectual problem, but the, those are two different problems That's of evil. Right. So you got to keep that. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the philosophical puzzle problem of evil, and then you have the emotional impact of the problem of dealing with evil. Uh, too often, this colors this one. Yes. The, the, the emotional colors the philosophical. And since so, we are at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary, trinitysim.edu, I might tell you that we have courses on that in the counseling programs and in the apologetics department. Yeah. Why is that? Because the problem, we could think about it this way, the problem of, it's the same topic, but we could call that the problem of pain in the, yeah, and then the problem of evil over here. They technically call it the problem of suffering. Yeah, the problem of suffering over there, the problem of evil. And by the way, for those who, you know, out of the, what, 1,500 some odd Trinity students to the three of you that actually watch this show, <laughs> you know, or maybe five, uh, it wouldn't hurt for the apologists to take the counseling course, at least as an audit, and it wouldn't hurt the counselors to take the apologetics course. Absolutely. I, I, why don't you require it, Dr. Pritchett? Well, I don't require it because there's other considerations for how many courses go in a program and why. I mean, it, it if it was up to me, every student would take every course in every discipline, hmm. and no one would ever graduate. So, so but, most of them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you, sh- I think that apologists in general could learn from our counseling friends. Yes, about, because the fact instead is, of just being robotic. S- sometimes what people down. need is not Alvin Plantinka's uh, "God free him and evil" right. dumped on them with syllogisms and all that. What they need is a hug. <laughs> that's what they. That's what a lot of times what they right. need. And, uh, and on the other hand. For the counselors, uh, it's good to talk to people who, during your counseling uh, relationship, you realize that down the road it looks like they're facing some suffering. Prepare them with some intellectual answers so that they have those already downloaded for when it happens. That's why you need both, because part of the problem is um, people aren't intellectually prepared to deal with the problem of suffering when suffering hits. Mm -hmm. And for some people, that's all they're prepared for, and that's what they come off as a cold Spock when yeah. when suffering hits somebody, either them or someone close to them. And nobody wants a cold Spock when you're yeah. in Yeah, no, and you don't want to be one. You don't <laughs> want to be so, like, you know, your mother just died, and you're like, well, I mean, the you know, I mean, God has uh, omniscience, so he knows how this fits into his plans. It's fine. You know, that's not what you, you do. Yeah, there really isn't a, a there it really isn't a Spock uh, counterpart in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, there is the Who? irrational McCoy. No, in the Star Wars universe. Oh, in the Star Wars. I, oh, I thought you, I get my Star. Wars. No, in Star Wars. I mean, the full blown robot C three PO is an emotional train wreck. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, uh, and all the Jedi are. Oh, they're. See, yeah, the Jedi are drama the queens. Reason why, like, everyone in Star Wars is Dr. McCoy, just irrational. Yeah. They're all irrational. Mm-hmm. Feel, don't think, quote-unquote, quiet. I mean, is yeah. that not a banner for the Only last... the Sith, Dylan, absolutes. Right, I mean, 
Come on. Yeah, oh, so, cuz anyway, um, this is why Star Wars is forever inferior to thinking people to Absolutely not. In fact, I just argued no, against I that know, on one on one life's podcast. You don't know cuz you don't listen. No, I know that you think yeah. that, that 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 it's not true. You you think that I'm not right, but I Yeah. Am. No, you're totally Absolutely. wrong. Absolutely. Objectively. No, not even close. But um because some things are more objectively true and beautiful. That's right. Then, it's called Star Trek. And no, no, that's right, that's, Ronnie that's, Tucker. Star Trek is full blown naturalism on parade. And yeah, yeah, you can you can say that. Except um, there's a ton of religion in Star Trek. Yeah, religion, but they explain it all naturalistically. Mm, no, not all of it. Give me an example. Uh, Put it in the comments. All right. So anyway, back to the topic at hand. So problem, the, the problem, one, they go the problem of evil, the problem of what evil. Does God need with the starship? The problem. You know, give him another yeah. season. They'll make him natural too. Gone Just because you can't explain it yet doesn't you said mean there's you not give an example. Doesn't mean there's not a naturalistic explanation that's forthcoming in the Star Trek universe. Okay, Matt. Just Dillon wait long me. enough, yeah, and everything right. gets explained. But yeah, and that's what they tell you. <laughs> See, this is this is why Star Wars has ruined your mind. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the problem of evil and science, because science are the two things that I've heard from because atheists science. Because on that. Science. Right. Those are the only two things I've heard. Yeah. Uh, now, on the Christian side, then after you get done talking to them, I say, okay, that's very interesting. Can I share with you some things? And don't be a jerk about this. Be friendly and kind and loving. But say, can I share with you some th things now that? I think are true about the nature of reality that we both kind of agree that make better sense on Christian theism than they do on your position. Let's say it's atheism on your atheistic position. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And they kind of have to let you since they, since you just let them talk for the whole first three steps. All right. And now you say, yeah, okay. So, um, you have, uh, the, the intuition that we have a libertarian freedom, the intuition that moral, uh, that there's morality, like real objective morality. That we at least think we have. Uh, that we have consciousness, that we have this conscious experience. Um, we all agree on that, and yeah. that's best explained. Um, the, the fact that uh, uh, we have this appearance of design, as you said, yeah. the fact that we have the beginning of the universe, why is there something rather than nothing? The rapid expansion of the early church, the applicability, the, the fact that there are people of every uh, kind of uh, background, uh, wealth, uh, profession that still affirm the truth of this book, the the, the New Testament. Uh, the fact that we um, that religion of this sort has survived, and that religious experience. I mean, it's like two percent of the history of the world, most of whom are alive today, who don't think yeah, that there that, that there's some supernatural something, something that they're right, interacting that, with. That, that, uh, you know, even with Calvin the Divine. Yeah, the census of and taught us, and so we all and they, have well, that. Not just, yeah, not, and, and the amount of transcendental experiences that people have mm -hmm. universally. Not just not if you want to just call it religio or belief in some god or gods, you know, but just transcendent, you know, transcendent yeah. experiences. Uh, yeah, the existence uh, of abstracts like that. Mm -hmm. The fact that um, uh, uh, beauty is that we recognize beauty and that we recognize that some things are more beautiful than other things, that everyone kind of recognizes that, the universality yeah. of that, uh, the, the near-death experiences that we keep coming back to. All of these things, you say, yeah, but you're just throwing stuff out there. Right, that's the difference between cumulative case and classical is we're just pointing to things that you and the other person both agree are real at least, like say with near-death experiences, at least the phenomenon is recorded and talked about and people are trying to figure it out. With free will, at least you have the intuition of it. What you have to do, and this is the case that's been developing throughout this entire 
year is what you have. Let me get this out. What what you have is with many of these things, you have to live as though they're true when your worldview cannot account for them, which means they do not have livability. And with the others, you have to either just say, my worldview does not account for that or um, deny it outright. And, and, and a lot of times they'll deny it outright for the, for uh, sophistic reasons, just sophistry, not, not really Mm -hmm. for intellectual ones. Uh, just rhetoric, um, but this is where presuppositionalism pairs well with cumulative case because when they start responding, you can start demonstrating either they have no foundation for their beliefs after all, or they're borrowing capital from yours. Sure, yeah. And so, cum case and presuppositionalism to me go hand in hand, and I do think that they're better for conversational evangelism than they are for debating atheists. But yeah, uh, like we said last time, props where props are due, and some preceptors are doing better than their predecessors. Now, here is where the criticism is going to come, because I know your heart, atheists. I feel you. I I listen to you. According to Braxton, he knows atheists better than atheists. Well, I'll tell you this. I I don't want to be presumptuous, but I'm going to say this much. I talk to at least dozens of atheists every day. Um, most of the atheists that I'm talking to do not talk to dozens of atheists every right. day. And I hear from all the different kinds. So when someone says, well, if you're an atheist, you would understand that blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking to myself, I think I understand what atheists think about right. these things. So um, so either that or you guys are terrible communicators because you've been trying to tell me what you think. Uh, I think I understand what you think yeah. uh, on most of these things. And here's what some of you are going to say. You're going to say, well, of course God works as an explanation for all that stuff. Because, number one, God works as an explanation for anything. Because you guys have ad hocly tailored theism and what it is and what it's like and Christianity and what it is and what it's like to fit the data. So, of course, it's going to fit because you guys created it to fit. Yeah, and, and you've been and you've been tweaking that according to yes. what you're talking. You know, and some of these older yes. new atheists. And here's why that's ridiculous is because... Read a, well, read the history of Christian thought was why that's ridiculous, but go ahead. Exactly so, because what the, f- the fact is, and there was a great recent debate between uh, T-Jump and uh, uh, Tyler Vela where this was brought out, but and when if you're, what we would be doing is if we're having a conversation, you bring out some new piece of data, and I don't know how to handle that, so then I, on the fly, adjust to fit it, okay, that's definitely ad hoc. But if the, if the God we're describing as we're describing him and Christianity as we're describing it has existed since the early church, and it just happens to fit all of the data yeah, and they as it comes. In a, you know, and whether it's the Bible itself or a second century Christian fo- church father, sure. if they've already addressed that point, your theological illiteracy is not our worldview's problem. Right. Period. I mean, you know, if, if, for example, no, period. take a genre with Genesis yeah. 1, you know, people say, oh, you guys are just tweaking all that to fit the old earth and blah, 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 and it doesn't work, and you're trying to retool it and all. No. Re- go back to the history of the faith long before the, yeah, all this Augustine stuff. On the Augustine reading. was already talking about, yeah. I don't know exactly how to interpret Genesis 1, <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? <laughs> this is, yeah. So, that, so it's not ad hoc. It's not that we tweaked it to fit. It's just that... Now, now, atheism probably has, but if you take Christianity, it's just it's just here is what it's been for a long, long time. Yeah. And when you take modern science and push that down over it, and modern philosophy and push that down over it, it it just it the true things about all that just fits. It just this fits. is this is the problem of poor education in America. 
Uh, and probably everywhere in the world, okay? No matter what the rhetoric and the vocabulary is, everything basically boils down to a few essential ideas. And most of those ideas, it's been, I, I haven't heard anything new from atheists. Atheists haven't said anything new for 200 years now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, when you don't read the great books and you don't trace the history of thought in the West, at least, you, you think that you stumbled across something that nobody's thought of. Sorry, everybody on all sides of these issues have thought of it, and the fact that you think that you're giving a new challenge to Christianity is ridiculous. Like I said, the vocabulary may change, uh, the, 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 in the, the way that you apply it with this scientific discovery versus mm-hmm. that, it, it still boils down to either telos or no telos. And mm-hmm. All of these things have been hashed out. Yeah, I, I, I was talking to my daughter about this the other night, and uh, she was like, oh, you, you've got all these arguments. Like, there's so many great reasons to believe. What do the atheists have? And I said, well, they've got the arguments from evil. There are various. And, they they and, have, and, that, and I don't know. Well, hold up. They've got the arguments. I'm, I'm going to steal man this. They've got the arguments from evil. The better one, by the way, atheist. No, is no, the, uh, is one the, of their arguments. The, I know, I know. They're proud of that. It, they're it, proud of I don't know. They, they pat it's themselves a non, the It's a non-argument. About but, but the, how they don't But know. of the arguments from evil, the evidential argument from evil is the superior. If you're using the logical argument from evil, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. If I was an atheist today, I'd be using the evidential... Actually, I wouldn't care about this stupid argument if I was an atheist. But if, if I was an atheist... Right, and and I, consistent I, atheists <laughs> wouldn't use the argument but, because they presuppose evil, which presuppose a standard, which presuppose... Right. Well, they could do an internal, like, God as you understand him is not supposed to be evil. They could do an internal criticism because we do believe in objective morality and stuff. But if I would I would affirm if I was going to do it, I would be using the evidential argument from evil, not to give you guys. But um, then, then you have the divine hiddenness arguments, mm-hmm. um, and then you have some incoherence arguments. Um, you'll want to Google those and figure out what that's all about. By the way, they all fail, and... Uh, they fail fabulously because they well, all rely. They, they all rely on. So the, let's steel man them. The reason why they they trumpet the I don't know and I'm not presenting alternative cases and blah 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 and and you know I make no claims is that's a steel. I'm steel man. That's well number one. That's what they say. But number two is because they they agree with you in principle, if not in you know out loud. But mm-hmm. yeah, they all fail now. Yeah, Dillhundy says yeah. the arguments from evil don't work. He resonates with them, but he says there are legitimate ways to get out oh, of them. Oh, I think Christians yeah. resonate. With yeah, them sure, but but he's yeah. but anyway, he likes the hiddenness argument, but that one we have answers to. But it is it is in terms of convincing people, I can see the power of it there, but it fails. But the incoherence arguments fail because they require that the, the well the ones that I'm thinking of right now require that that omnipotence means like with the omnipotence paradox that God is able that on Christian theism God is able to do the logically impossible which is not what classical Christian theism holds no. and that omniscience holds that God uh, like knows everything even contradictory things like he got like if if I know that I'm Braxton Hunter and God doesn't know I'm Braxton Hunter, then there's a, some kind of a contradiction there. God doesn't know everything because I know something that God doesn't know, namely about myself that I'm Braxton Hunter, yeah, when God, God doesn't know about yeah. himself that I'm Braxton Hunter, right. which is abs- so ridiculous. Yeah. God knows all true propositions. Yes. God knows the truth value of all propositions. He knows the truth value of you saying I am Braxton yes. Hunter. Yes, he, he knows that guy is Braxton Hunter. Right. He doesn't, and it's not a thing to know for God to say, I am Braxton Hunter. Right. 
That's but it's just so these things are not things God can't do or God can't so, know. They're just non. It is so things. pedestrian. That's, they fail and they fail at such well, a spectacular not, level. I mean, yes, they are. I think they're pedestrian, but you're some really smart people uh, hawking this stuff. But anyway, um, so and then you have a few other that, arguments. We, okay, this this has been a debate that we've had. If you're not a member of the Trinity Radio Primetime Group, you should go. It's one of the best. Now, you said that. Are groups. you going to let them in? Uh, well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, there's three questions you got to answer yeah. to get in. Uh, but we asked this question. It's a serious, important question. How much stupid has to come out of somebody's mouth before you can not just say what they're saying is stupid, but they're just stupid? I, I'll never say they're stupid. You will never say they're no. stupid. At what point do they need to knock it off or we just write them off as I'm stupid? so wanting to edit out all of this, but I feel like it could be the best part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm just... just I don't know. It's frustrating that it's frustrating. And, and no, they say that about us. They say, how can people like Braxton Hunter, who seem so intelligent otherwise, believe in a sky daddy? I, I do. Yeah, but you shouldn't because you're reasonably intelligent on everything else. But right. You and reasonably intelligent people believe in uh, a god. Sky daddy is a pejorative that is yeah, not metaphysically I, the right way to frame the point it. That they say that about us. So right. I feel a little bit of license to say. Something. And if you're one of those atheists... Now, I actually appreciate the attempt at these arguments because I don't usually see it. Here's the thing. For those of you that say, well, you're asking us to prove a negative, and so we can't prove a negative, that's why we're, I don't know, theists instead of atheists in the sense of... Or we're lack theists instead of the more academically inclined definitions that's in all the literature. But here's the, here's the thing about that. Um, it actually is. You actually can prove a negative. Did you know that? This could be a teachable moment. Mm. There are no married bachelors anywhere in the physical universe. Prove it. Well, because it's an incoherent concept. Right. Proof by definition. I don't have to go look everywhere and to see. I just have to know that that is incoherent. Therefore, it does not exist. Now, are there unicorns in the universe? Don't know. Don't think so. I lack a belief in unicorns. But here's the thing. I don't. The, the <laughs> Read Peter Beagle, man. No, I'm just kidding. Unless you want to redefine and say, well, rhinoceroses are... <laughs> Rhinoceri, rhinoceroses. Yeah, man, you can just duct tape a cone to a horse, man. It, well, there is that dog now that has a tail growing out of its head. Have you seen that? No. It's adorable is and it? creepy. Yeah. But anyway, the, the, the end of it is um, you can. What you would do is you'd show there's something incoherent as God so defined by Christian theists. That's what the arguments from evil try to do. That's what the incoherence arguments, and that's why they're called that, try to do. But see, it's just That's rhetoric. what the divine hiddenness argument really tries to do. Yeah, I, that's why I give Matt Dillahunty a lot of credit because the, you know, not wanting to make any positive claims is smart because most of the times that you've tried positive claims, they fall flat on their face. Whether it's a resurrection alternative hypothesis, or it's these incoherent arguments, you you the smart atheists, the savvy ones know that this ain't gonna work because I'm gonna look stupid. But then I wonder why are you here? No, this is this is why. Like, why are you standing? Have, why are you standing on the uh, stage with me to debate? Uh, uh, if yeah. your answer is just I don't know, I want to tell you because this was we were, we actually had an idea for another show, and he said which was your idea, and then you said no, I want to do my other idea. But what I was gonna this is actually brings us into that other thing. Um, why are they here? Only to attack Christianity. It has nothing to do with anything but attack. It, it's. It's barely we can get atheists to register other worldviews like Islam or whatever 
Uh, and and their excuses, oh, oh no 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 no, it's just in my context, Christianity is more prevalent. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. blah. Hey, you're a citizen of the planet Earth. A lot of Muslims on planet Earth. You know, don't tell me about your and and that your context is fine, but uh, there's other other people that have other beliefs. Some of which, like we mentioned earlier in the show, are atheists who do not hold to a, uh, a metaphysical naturalism. They hold to some kind of supernaturalism without mm-hmm. God. The why they are here is to attack Christianity. I've seen no evidence to think that that's not true. I'll give you a good example. Uh, there is a guy um, that goes by the name Ocean, uh, who is a very nice guy, very, very friendly um, on his YouTube channel and in conversation. Uh, he is a polytheist. And from all I can tell, he really believes this is true. Okay, now, um, I he he ha- I think he's told me that, that that he does get guff from atheists too, but it see, it strikes me that they don't treat him with the same sort of contempt that they treat Christianity. Right. Um, if that's not true, Ocean, I'm sorry. I'm just telling you what I see on Twitter and in comment sections. Yeah. So I think you're on to something there. It and it, and and part of it, honestly, part of it has to do with certain things that go along with Christianity, like views about LGBTQAI plus stuff mm. and abortion and uh, stuff like that. You know, that kind of stuff goes along with it. So that, that could be it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like beliefs that Christians have held about social issues for 2,000 years. Yeah. And so because they believe this about <clears throat> a social issue, we're going to attack them on... on worldview issues, uh, and we're going to attack them on philosophical ideas and theological ideas. Because they think that undergirds what... Right. And it does. Uh, it, well, if you're a traditional Orthodox mm-hmm. Christian, it will. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> if you're because, a Christian. Because, yeah, I would like to see... I mean, I've heard them talk about other... <clears throat> why aren't they challenging the Christian... Why aren't they... They're begging for you to come on their YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. Um which I mean, come up, cop up with some money, and maybe you will. But um, uh, why not talk to John Dominic Crossan, you know, and not uh, to not have him on to poo-poo the things that he poo-poo's about conservative theology, poo-poo his ideas. Mm-hmm. Well, they won't do it, you know. Um, so I, never, I have. I, I never have see a... liberal scholars get challenged by atheists. Now, here's where. Here's what I'm going to sound. Here's where people aren't going to like it because I'm going to. I'm going to sound like I actually believe all this because I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk about some supernatural stuff. I do believe that there is, and in my book Evangelistic Apologetics, I argue this way. I think there is a a uh, unconscious, at least in terms of the individuals out there propagating either liberal Christian ideas like John Dominic Crossan, Crossan or the YouTube atheist or the popularizer atheist. And there's, a, there's an interesting symbiotic relationship where, uh, in service to the, in, to the enemy's goals, which is if you're a Christian raised in a Christian family and full-blown atheism doesn't, isn't, is, too, is too bold for you, like we'd like you to be an atheist, yeah. but if that's too bold... Here is something that maybe will go down a bit smoother, and it's liberal Christianity, and it it no it no more saves you than atheism does, right. and so the enemies is happy either way. 
Yeah. Is and you'll opinion. get a good seat at those churches because no one goes to them anymore. Now, I'm not saying that like the people in either one of those camps, although I have more suspicions, frankly, about the liberal Christians than I do about the atheists, yeah. but I'm not saying that anyone in either one of those camps is like thinking that way, although perhaps somebody is, but I think the enemy is thinking that way. I yeah. do. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So I, I Did would... I make you uncomfortable getting all supernatural just then? Uh, why would you? I'm the guy who believes in angels and demons and spiritual warfare. Me too. Powers and principalities of the air, and yeah, no. Praise the Lord. Yeah, we're we're actually Christians. Yeah, <laughs> we don't get bothered by Christian things. Atheists are going nuts right now if they've hung in this long. But some of them will. Yeah, um, but not all atheists, because other atheists are like yeah, there's some weird demon type things out there too. Yeah, our worldview. So, what that. are you guys going to do with this? Not what are you guys going to do with one of these things? What are you going to do with Jesus appearing to Muslims all over the Muslim world, geographically dispersed, and commonalities between them? What are you going to do about miracles? What are you going to do about uh, the resurrection case, and that no uh, opposing hypothesis can make it past the uh, you know the the, the yeah, criteria? Well, okay. What are you going to do about the philosophical arguments? All of them, right? And let's look at it from the other side, though. Yeah, because the only person I know that's doing the cumulative case thing for the atheist is Alex Rosenberg. And what is he throwing out there? His cumulative case: you don't exist. My words. Now don't listen make to sense. me. I don't exist. <laughs> right. Now write down what I'm saying. <laughs> right. And what I'm saying makes no sense whatsoever. You yeah. know that that's that's you know um, you're not the same person you were five minutes ago because there's no you. You know all of this gibberish that comes. But he's consistent. I'll give him that. It's irrational and absurd mess, but he's consistent. I mean, you're consistently contradicting yeah. yourself, <laughs> right? But I mean that that's if you are going to hold to the logical outcome of your metaphysical naturalism. Yeah. You know, to communicate your metaphysical naturalism itself refutes your metaphysical naturalism. But if you're going to hold to it, you've got to spew the cumulative case that um, Alex Rosenberg is spewing. So basically what I'm thinking back on, at least the, what I've dealt with the most, it's whenever I bring up, like, the miracle claims, the, the Muslim stuff, the, all these kind of, or even Francis Collins' testimony, what I get is, well, he's lying. Or, well, here's what I think psychologically was really going on, or something like that, which is just to dismiss all the evidence. And then when it comes to, like, the philosophical arguments and stuff, when all the attempts to shoot down the premises are exhausted, I get, uh, yeah, but you know what? We just don't know. And, by the way, arguments aren't evidence anyway, so... Uh, we don't know. I mean, you're saying you know, but you don't know. Weird stuff happens at the quantum level. Who knows? You know, that's that's what you get is I don't know, and he's lying. Right. Or he's psychologically right. not Which is totally irrelevant to whether or not something's true. But neither one of those things deal with the evidence. Right. Can we deal with the evidence? Oh, we can deal with the evidence. I feel like I've been re like I've been saying this, this lately. But every I know, but I've today been... particularly, have I not been offensive today? No. Okay. And I'll say what I said last episode. You're nowhere near offensive if we call offensive what people have said to you. Yeah, but so, I don't go by that. Huh? I don't go by that standard. Yeah, but the, if they but they do because they're like, yeah, right on. Gish galloping used car salesman liar who's trying to make it rich off something. Have you seen his? I'm going to take a picture of his truck and post it. <laughs> he's trying to get rid blah 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 put it this way it's my, it was my grandfather's truck and he's been dead for over 15 years <laughs> right uh, so I mean I, but but the, the the stuff that they spew and applaud others for spewing mm -hmm. that's their standard of offense you've come nowhere close to it right. so if someone were to whine 
Well, you, we have the record of our YouTube comments uh, that you have to come to grips with before you can whine about my dear friend, the lovable Braxton Hunter. But Check you can whine about me. I'm a jerk. Fine. <laughs> Go for it. Because you know what? You know how that affects my life when people on YouTube say he's such a jerk? None. Yeah. None. Yeah. And, uh, and it's finally gotten, you've gotten yeah, I'm, more I'm, I'm, impervious. Every to. now and then there'll be something that gets stuck in my craw. But honestly, and this this has only happened like twice since February, but where, where it happens more is when it's a Christian saying something. Uh, but, you know. No, that's just going to give the, the atheist guy, he's going to come up with a new account. And I suspect and that. Say, I, I suspect. I'm a Christian, Brother Braxton. And, you, and because of the what was said uh, in at least one of those cases, I suspect it was an atheist. But... Yeah, you can tell when atheists try to sound like Christians, and then Christians you can also tell by clicking on their YouTube channel and you see only atheists playlists. Right. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, all right. Well, check out our sister programs: uh, the Bible Rowdown with Matt Chisholm and Billy Wendelin, and Leighton Flowers at Soteriology One Hundred and One, and Steve Gregg's Narrow Path. And uh, hey, also there's been three guys that have and, helped. Well, hang on, and. By golly, by 2020, we will have new Trinity Commission shows. We've been saying that all year, yeah. and they still haven't. Maybe. Uh, uh, I'm going to crack a whip And um, theology. The shirts. If you want shirts like this, uh, where do I have that Pretty link? Good. Oh, go to resources. Go to braxtonhunter.com or go to trinityradio.org and click on the resources tab, and it's right at the top, and you can get there. And we've got, we've got all kinds of shirts. Well, one of the shirts we have... Yeah, and y'all need to buy this shirt because the shirts with my face on it are outselling this like five to one. It's not even close. <laughs> well, and I came up with what would go on that shirt, and I did a good job. But I came up with but, this shirt. But, but, yeah, I, mean, I didn't did. design it because yeah. I don't do that. He does all of that stuff. But yeah, I but did say I want a shirt. Look at the look trees. At the trees. Yeah. But, the, but there's one shirt that all it says is why. It doesn't say Trinity Radio. It, doesn't say, it just says why. W-H-Y-Y. In our yellow font, you know, but on a black shirt, and you can get it long sleeve. I'm going to get me a long sleeve Y shirt. Why, might you ask? Because I have a shirt that some youth conference made and gave me one for free when I was speaking there that just said Y on it. And everywhere, and you it off. Yeah. everywhere I go, people say why? Why? That's what they'll do anywhere, and they think they're the first person that ever did it. But they'll just say like the barista at Starbucks. Why? Why? And it takes me a minute to. Like, oh yeah, why? And then it's a great opportunity to share the gospel or talk about apologetics. Yeah. So get the Y shirt. Yeah. Get all these shirts. Get one with the Trinity logo. It's a cool logo. Do you remember the people that made that shirt? Hmm? Yeah, they were the people at the Discipleship Now weekend at Central Baptist Church in Crandall, Texas. There you go. You need to cite your sources <laughs> when you rip people off. You... I didn't cite it on the shirt. All right. We'll see you next time on Trinity Radio.